Hello. What's up, everybody? We want to call you Sticky Notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an intro. <laughs> what did you say they were called? Podcasters were calling the people that listened well, so certain like, names. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, a name for the people who are listening. Mm-hmm. So like one I follow is a funny one called the Spitballers, and they call them Spitwads. Anyone who f- listens to them is the Spitwads. Or there's an old radio show I listened to, and they were the Click of Six. Like... Yeah, making fun of themselves that only six people listen to their radio show. Anyways, so sticky so notes. So we thought sticky notes is Spiritual funny. side note, sticky notes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think we're going to roll with it. So well, I'm going to just say this. It was Haley's idea. So if you love it, <laughs> Haley gets all the credit. But if you're like, eh, then it was Haley's idea. <laughs> and as an empowering leader, I just, I, I empower you to make that decision. So Thank you. Yeah. That's kind yeah yes it is yes it is well welcome to spiritual side note (laughs) uh we're so glad you're here and uh yeah we are just hanging out having a conversation and today we're gonna be jumping into a conversation on childlike faith yes which i feel like we've talked about fairly often in and out of yeah yeah um podcasts where we've mentioned it but It's come up a lot lately Hmm. in our life, in our story, perhaps because I'm home with the children right now, perhaps because I help with children's curriculum or have in the past and God's been teaching me about simplicity. Well, not just help you are a children's pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But also because... um, there's this like really super special sweet moment we want to share with you guys that happened with Athelia yesterday. And I think that just really highlighted the importance of a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. Just has me thinking differently. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. Well, real quick, instead of a, an Athelia quote, can I share mm-hmm. a Hagen quote? <laughs> yes. So, yes. So Hagen is gaining more and more words seems mm-hmm. like every day he'll say something that catches Haley or I off guard we're like where when did you learn that word didn't know you knew that one um and his my new favorite thing that he does is he calls himself Bubba <laughs> <laughs> so we refer to him as Bubba a lot um Haley probably most um but anyways so uh, we call him Bubba and I forget when it was like a week ago now or something um we were, oh yeah, it was a week ago now, because we were at one of um, their little two-year-old friend's birthday party, and um, we were talking to somebody else, another adult there, and uh, she actually asked the kids, what's your name? And Hagen, like, without skipping a beat, without hesitation, puts his hand on his chest, like, pointing to himself, and goes, Bubba. <laughs> and Hagen and I look at each other, and we're like, oh... He thinks his name's Bubba because <laughs> that's what we call him all the time. Um, and then literally the next day, we're at the park. I took the kids to the park, and there's another family who was there. And Hagen was eating a snack by the bench, you know, as he does. And um, this girl runs up to her backpack and was, like, getting something out of it. And he just walks right up to her and does the same thing. Puts his hand towards his chest and goes, Bubba. <laughs> and she was like, Bubba? I was like, he thinks his name's Bubba because that's what we call him. He's trying to introduce himself. His name's Hagen. <laughs> So, anyways, that's my new favorite thing. It's Bubba. so cute. Bubba. What's your He's name? He's also Bubba? in a super polite phase. Yeah. So, he says, thank you. Aww. Thank you, mama. 
Tintu tada, tintu. Peace, peace. Excuse me. He'll be like a foot oh. away from you, like scooting around you, like, excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> Just so That's cute. So fantastic. He's such a sweet kid. Yeah. He's adorable. He's really funny. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Um, okay, so. Childlike faith. A childlike faith. So this really comes out of scripture. Yeah. As does most of our conversation. Uh, so in Matthew 18, we see where Jesus is talking with the disciples. Um, and they're asking who the greatest is. And then Jesus calls a child to him. And he says he placed a child among them. And then he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So that's really where this is, whole conversation is coming out of. Mm-hmm. Mixed with the story, I think, in my head of when the disciples are trying to keep children from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, don't keep them from me. Let yeah. them come to me. And then he blesses them, which means he actually like, takes time to like touch them, yeah. play with them, bless them, like with his words and and his time, his attention. Um, because kids, culturally speaking, during that time would have been considered less than yeah. nothing, really. Yeah. Especially if you were a girl, because a boy could be raised into something, but it really was like men and then women and then children. So there is really like a... A beautiful kind of love that Jesus shows to the least of these yeah. anyways, but then extends that to the children. Um, and I, I don't know if it's just that we have kids right now who are really small and I can feel easily irritated by <laughs> how much they need or how many times I feel interrupted, but just the love and grace of Jesus towards a child and then God directly speaking to the heart of an adult as it should be in a child. Like, mm. that's just really convicting. And Sorry, honest, real quick, what do you mean by speaking uh, to the heart of an adult? Like, like, God is, like, talking to, I think, everybody, right? But, like, the grown-up people who have lost the heart of children, mm. uh, of what it means to have childlike faith. Yeah, yeah. So he's speaking to our hearts with the truth of, like, depend on me and love me. Yeah. Have faith in me like a child does in yeah. life. And the people who are taking care of them and the things around them. Because they just have a, re- a resiliency, an ability to bounce back, to forgive super quick, to love hard. I mean, they push back in obedience. Or at least ours does. <laughs> Yours doesn't. Wow. Bless That's you. super great. All that you do. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So I think the story of Jesus actually meeting with the children and not just saying it is really important too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, just going back to the story with Athalia that kind of like catapulted us into this conversation today. Um, yesterday was a really rough day with me and the kids. Shay had an event. Um, the night before last, an event work. Today was your event. Yesterday yeah, was Friday. You were at work. Yeah, wow. I was at work. Guys, I was it's like, been a long <laughs> 48 hours. It's 
crazy. And then you said the night before last. No, the night before last. Yeah, no, the night before last, both kids were up at random times. They were up till almost midnight, but then they still got up at like 5.45 in the morning. It was was literally like dance party at 11.30. Yeah. Bogear apartment. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. It was. It was super weird. Anyway. Um, But that being said, I know tiredness played into some of this, but I also, I just really sense that the enemy is pushing hard against like work that God is doing. Like he, that's what he does. Um, but it was just a really rough day, like with the kiddos, um, more specifically with Athelia where like, I, I honestly can't even tell you what happened. We were doing fine. We went to go to the children's museum that we have a pass to, but the line was like out the door, down the sidewalk, nowhere to park. So we had to like reconvene, like, what are we going to do? Um, so Athelia's like, why don't you just drive around? <laughs> I was like, great. So I just started driving and without a GPS, I was just like driving around. And that means something because like, I never know where I am. No. And we pull up to this road and Athelia's like, mom, can you stop somewhere for me to go potty? And I was like, sure. We're around Trader Joe's. Like I found it without a GPS. No Just way. by accident. I you know. went from pretending to Trader Joe's without a GPS. Yeah. Just by accident. I know it was amazing. I am so impressed. I like too. legitimately. I'm so impressed wow. with myself. Well done. Thanks. I don't I couldn't even tell you now how I got there. That's okay. But I that's a part of this is a part of the story because I genuinely believe God reoriented our plans for that day. Cause we had this blanket sitting in the back of our car for yeah. days that we weeks, wanted to, I think. weeks. At least a week. Uh, that we've been wanting to give to someone who doesn't have a home. Um and it's just been really cold and rainy and I haven't really seen anyone like outside in the open because yeah. they've probably been trying to find somewhere much warmer to be. Um, but when we pulled up to Trader Joe's and got out of the car, um, there was a like a mom and three kids who were just sitting there mm. with a sign. Um, so I took the kids back to the car to get the blanket and socks that we had. And then we went into Trader Joe's to go potty and to get this family some food and while we were in there, like for the most part, Athelia's attitude was like super great. And then something like flipped and like, y'all, she was literally like guttural screaming at me at the top of her lungs in Trader Joe's and bless the heart of one of the workers there who was trying to like reorient Athelia's attention to something else while I was waiting in line. Like if we hadn't been buying food for this family, like I literally would have just left, mm. but I really felt so like this hard. is what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and I wanted the kids to be a part of that, but like, it was bad. Like I mm-hmm. had no idea what to do and praise the Lord. I stayed really calm and patient, but we got home from that. Um, and I think I just cried because Athelia's attitude continued, like really actually just mean, like I cried because she was so mean. I've never had someone be so mean to me. And I know she's four, like I get that, but it was just a little emotional. Like when you're trying from the depths of like who you are and what you're doing to love someone well, and they are not only not receiving it, but throwing it back in your face, even if she can't comprehend that, it can just hurt. Like I'm literally trying to give my life to you and you're calling me a liar and you're just being mean. Like there was just a lot going on like emotionally in those moments. Um, But then we laid Hagen down for a nap and Athelia and I were making some cookies together and she just started talking about um, heaven someday and how mom, even if you go to the place that's bad, 
I will still love you. I'm not laughing because hell is funny. I'm laughing because she thought I might go there. And I was like, oh baby, I'm not going to the, the place that's bad. And just so you know, the reason she knows about this is because probably a week or two ago, she asked like, well, if people who believe in Jesus go to heaven, where do you go if you don't believe in Jesus? Mm. So I didn't fully explain like the depth of what it meant, but just that it meant you can't be with God and it's the worst place you can imagine. And um, so yesterday she goes, even if you go to the bad place, I'll still love you. I was like, thank you, baby, but I won't be going to the bad place. I'm going to be with Jesus forever. And she asked why. And it's like, cause I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again and that he forgave me and that he's Lord. And she goes, Oh, I believe that just like kind of nonchalantly as she's like mixing cookie dough. If you know Athelia at all, when she's like doing something she feels big at, she like has to have a conversation that where she feels like she's a grown up. <laughs> so she's like mixing cookies. Like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, I believe that <laughs> I kept going. Um, but last time I pressed into this, Athelia did not want to accept Jesus into her heart. So I was just trying to be like conscientious of her heart and how it had been such an emotional day for her already. Um, and we, I circled back around a couple minutes later and I said, you said you believe that. She goes, oh yeah, did you hear me say that? And I was like, yeah, do you, do you want to ask Jesus to be in your heart? Um, and she was like, um, yeah, I do. And so we, we kept talking a little bit and she, you know, kept mixing. And then I could tell she was starting to feel embarrassed or shy about it. Like, cause she would start to change the conversation a little bit. Like, you know, little kids do when they're like trying to divert attention, like from themselves. And I asked her, like, hey, this is really important. Why don't we stop mixing cookies? And I just sat her on my lap and told her, like, if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, we just pray. Like, we talk to God, praying is listening to his voice and talking to him and ask him to be in your heart and explains, like, what that prayer would look like. And she goes, I don't know how to do that. Can you do it for me? And I was like, I can't do it for you, but you can do it. I'll say it and you can repeat after me. And she was not about repeating it. <laughs> I was like, but you can pray it in your head, in your heart. Like God knows your head. He knows your heart. Um, so I walked her through a salvation prayer and she, she was like, you know, like mom, when you were saying those things, all, all of them went through my head, <laughs> like trying to make it like funny cause she felt awkward. And then I just like started bawling and mm-hmm. just like crying, holding her. And she's like, are you sad? And I was like, no, I'm really happy. And she was like, oh, kind of like when Dawson proposed to Rachel. Rachel said she didn't say anything. She was just crying tears of joy. <laughs> Those are two of our friends here, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That was her, that was her comparison. <laughs> that was her response. Okay. Um, but it was just beautiful and almost just like this relief and release that happened. And the rest of the day, like we had a couple moments that were tough, but it was just like peaceful. Mm. Um, and like the just this sheer joy that like this is what life is about like no matter what else happens like that is our hope um and like that jesus is our hope and that one day no matter what's going on around us like it will end and we'll be in his presence those of us who like believe in him and there's just i don't know it was just powerful um it was powerful that like it happened in the midst of a really, really bad day, um, emotionally, like with Athelia and how like Jesus covers that too. And so we also talked about like forgiveness and that Jesus takes all of that. Um, and we talked about like listening to his voice. And so last night she goes, 
is God's voice loud? (laughs) (laughs) So we just, we, we just began a different kind of conversation, but I've been blown away by her questions. Yeah. Um, where she'll look at clouds and be like, is God pulling those apart with his fingers as Mm. clouds are like separating that like, he's very much a part of her like daily thought process, but she's not overthinking it. She's literally just asking questions. She's wondering who he is and like what he's like. And yet she somehow seems to know him a bit better than I do because Mm. she just trusts like what I say. Or trusts that like he's good or like yeah whatever whatever that is like that's real um, and so anyways it's really it was really beautiful um, really special moment and I'm so grateful like I'm really truly grateful um, to everyone who's like been a part of her life in that yeah. process mm-hmm. already and she's four and she's four Like she gets to live the rest of her life for Jesus. And I don't take that for granted. Mm -hmm. Like there's some people who are much, much, much older than that and don't even know who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, so how do we like continue to instill in her? This is what I've been thinking about as she grows, as we grow in our childlike faith, which is interesting because that almost feels in my head like a Benjamin button thing, like going backwards, Mm -hmm. you know, like how do we help her continue to grow a heart of childlike faith as she matures in spirituality so that she doesn't stay a toddler in her mind, Mm -hmm. but stays like faithful in her heart as like a four-year-old who just believes like, yeah, I believe that. And it's real and it's true. And like standing up for what's right when, when no one else is and not really caring about the repercussions of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, was the story that kind of catapulted this and just some thoughts from, from it. Yeah. What else? Um, I think like when I think about this, this passage and then kind of what you were just saying with, um, like how do we help her hold on to a child like faith as she matures in her faith? Like we want to be a part of that development process and that discipleship journey for her, obviously. Um, but as I was thinking about it, like trying to think about what are some of the key characteristics of a child, you know, when Jesus says that, um, that, uh, talks about the becoming lowly, like a child. Um, and I think he was referring to, as you look at the kind of the original context, like Haley was saying earlier, like that they were just in a lower state of society. They were Mm -hmm. seen as, as less than, um, and it's not that we need to be seen as less than, but because of their state, they had low position. They didn't assume anything. It kind of goes back to Philippians 2 where um, Paul's writing and he says that um, Jesus took on humanity, mm-hmm. took on flesh. He didn't, uh, I forget exactly how it's worded right now, I'm blanking, but basically he didn't um, uh, take his position as the son of God and hold on to that even as human. Like he Mm -hmm. gave that up and became fully human. Um, And so what does it look like for us to take that, that lowly position? And I think that one, it's dependence, right? Like when you're in a state a a lowly state, there's nothing that you can really do or, or earn yourself. Um, A lot of it has to be given to you. Mm -hmm. Um, like you can you can work for things don't get me wrong but i mean like 
like if you again if you think of a child and they can't even have a job and Mm -hmm. so what does it look like for them to live in a state of total dependence and i know we've talked about that a lot um before i think that's the one thing that is like the key thread that we've talked about in other podcasts before um so there's a state of dependence right of like god you have to give me everything um but there's also this like not unhinged um but there is just as unfiltered love mm-hmm. where it's not you don't have to put on a face you don't have to try and become something mm-hmm. you don't have to clean yourself up for jesus like it's just no he's just jesus like i just come to mm-hmm. um it's truly raw and natural and unfiltered where it's just the heart of each one of us i think mm-hmm. is is a child at um at its core in a sense or childlike i should say um that we all just want to be known and we want to be loved in that place and so like a child we just want to be seen by our heavenly father and known by our heavenly father and in order to be fully known i think we have to let go of all those other things that we put Mm -hmm. on as we get older and have responsibilities and Um, gain our own independence and what does it look like like you said benjamin button was a good illustration but like what does it look like to to work backwards um and i think part of it is actually looking at athalia looking Mm -hmm. as her faith begins to grow watching her and the way that she experiences faith and applying some of those things to our lives so that we actually kind of do it simultaneously where she grows older in her maturity and her age we grow younger in our childlike faith Mm -hmm. um so i think that that's one of the things as far as going back to your question of how do we help her keep that i think that as we pay close attention and we actually strive for that in front of her like we live our lives that way in front of her that it will allow her to be able to hold on to those Mm -hmm. things because we'll talk about it like i don't want to talk about her faith in a way of like well when you're more mature or Mm -hmm. when you figured this part out or when blah 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 blah. like no she is saved like she has put her faith in jesus she like i want her to grow in her knowledge and awareness of god i want her i want her to grow in her obedience of god absolutely that's a part of the maturing process but when it comes to just that core faith like to just have that unfiltered response of yeah i believe that Hmm. like yeah of course like just like a child just who receives the truth and accepts it as good like yeah i believe that Hmm. um sorry i talked in circles a little bit there but I really don't think you did. Oh, good. Well, it felt like you were looking at me like maybe I was kind of confusing, like I was going back and forth. So. No, it was more that you hit a lot of points, and so I was like trying to remember them. Mm. I should have like a notebook or something That's to write fair. things down. Because um, then you'd say something else. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you'd say something else, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I can't remember anything that I was going to say. That's okay. Um, there was one towards the end of what you were saying though kind of like the meeting in the middle thing yeah where a simplicity is what keeps coming to mind a lot lately like purging right when we were moving just like the living in simplicity of like we have 
a much smaller place. Like, how do we live simply? And then when our moving truck didn't come for weeks, we literally had very little. There was actually such a freedom in that Mm -hmm. that I felt like spoke into the layers, not just like of physical simplicity, but like mental, spiritual, emotional. Mm -hmm. Like when Jesus says like rest in me, like that doesn't mean you're going to be laying on the couch doing nothing forever. That means like your heart and your mind are at rest too. Like they aren't overthinking, overanalyzing, constantly Mm -hmm. moving, even if your body's not, there's a simplicity in the way that we can put our faith and trust into who God is believing that he will take care of us and provide for what's next. Cause he, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. So if I'm not worried about tomorrow, then like he's got it right. There's like a simplicity and like the, the mental, emotional, spiritual side of things too, not just like physical simplicity, though I think they're all connected. Like I think as I started like purging to live physically simply, there it created space in my head and my heart and my yeah. mind, right? Um, but like God just keeps bringing me back to simplicity lately. Like Haley, you don't have to speak through the gospel and connect these one million different things that all seem so cool to you and somehow connect to some part of your story. Like, I love people and Mm. I gave my life for them, period. And God knows our hearts and the posture of our hearts. But the simple truth is God is love. That doesn't always look the way we want it to look. And it's not fair because if it was fair, then we would have had to die for our sins. And Jesus did that. Um, so I, I've just been praying a lot lately about like simplicity and how to simply believe the gospel and simply live it, not just being a hearer, right. Or a receiver of it, but a doer of it. And then simply teaching it. Like, Mm. how do I simply teach and doing that to a child is a part of what actually teaches me to do it simply. Right. Because when Athelia asks a question, There are times I'm literally using theological terminology because I don't know what else to do. Hmm. And it's really challenging me. Like at the depth of what I believe, what do I believe? Hmm. (laughs) Like in childlike words, what do I believe about who God is and what he says and who he says I am? Um, That really like helps to develop, I think, just these little nuggets of simplicity that are like, I think as we gain more knowledge, we almost think that... (laughs) that's like too small Mm. when actually that's like the power of what it is. Like that's all it is. Yeah. And God does amazing things out of that powerful things that we can't describe miraculous things, but it's based in this like simple truth, but we like overcomplicate it. We want it to be a million different things, or at least I do. Um, And just like the relief, if we just lived in the simple truth of the gospel, I'm not saying life wouldn't feel hard sometimes or that there wouldn't be persecution, but there would be an internal peace that I think a lot of kids have. Mm -hmm. Like they don't care about tomorrow unless they're getting to do something exciting. Right? Like when are we leaving? When are we, when are we, when are we doing that? When's my birthday? Like they're looking forward to something. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes not, right? Like when we went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, like bless the nurse's heart who was helping us. Oh, my stars. You'd think my kids never saw another human being. Before. <laughs> but it was like that was something they were looking forward to until we got there. Right. And then the experience was like tough. But then they were like, oh, yeah, the doctor when we were done because she gave them a teddy bear, you know, and like the experience ended up being fine. 
but they are like constantly in a state of sheer joy it seems until they're not and then it's like super emotional but like the the generality of like the way they live their life right is this extremity of like super joy super sorrow super whatever but it's all based in this thing they believe that like at least in our home mom and dad will love me and take care of me mm-hmm. like i'm safe here yeah. they they don't worry well athelia's beginning to worry about offending me yesterday she was picking something up she goes if i don't pick this up are you gonna be mad at me and i was like oh lord help me i'm so sorry um where i had to explain to her like i've overcomplicated things and wanted things to be put away and in control because it makes me feel better sometimes even though it doesn't really um and trying to explain to her that sometimes when we feel sorrowful because right now i just feel really sad like we're in a state um of processing and mourning like all the changes of things as beautiful as what god has ushered us into is like there's still a state of grief and how sometimes we can try to cover up the sorrow we feel with other things and I was trying to explain to her, like, sometimes this sadness that I'm covering up is because I don't even know I feel sad. And that means sometimes I take it out on you. And even though she can't fully understand what I'm saying, she's like, oh, okay, it's okay. I forgive you. Just like, boom, done. Yeah. And then she, yesterday, she goes, mommy, sometimes when you're talking, what I'm thinking about is how to get more hugs and kisses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you can just ask for hugs and kisses. Like, you can have all the hugs and kisses you want. Um, but just this, like, sheer joy and love. And, like, tonight Hagen needed help with something. And I was like, I'm coming. And he sticks his hands up in the air and starts jumping around. And it was like, woo! Like, <laughs> just, like, the, I don't know. Like, there's just this deep-rooted confidence. And I don't know. I don't Joy, peace, love that, like, I long to to embody, to therefore like pour back into them as they grow so they don't begin to overcomplicate faith, life, the world around them. Like being a light, we can so overcomplicate being a light when we could just be the light. Like, yeah. Sorry, I'm like super trying to process this as we're talking because it's actually very difficult for me to do. So when you talk about the simplicity of the gospel what is that in its simplest form hmm i think Going back to what I said earlier, where God is love. And out of that love, I think it really is John 3.16. Like he loved the world so much, he gave Jesus to die for them, to save them, so we could live forever with him. But it, all of that boils down to love, but we can't just accept love, right? In the sense that like, if people just walked around like, yeah, God loves me, but they didn't like know who Jesus was and what he had done for them. So I think obviously that is like integral mm-hmm. to the truth of the gospel. But I really think it's John three sixteen, And the way we treat people around us flows out of that 
truth, right? When we accept God's love and forgiveness, then we will also love others that way, or we should. So I think it's that. I think sometimes I avoid that, though, because it's been said so much Mm. that it's almost like everyone knows that, but what does it really mean? Well, like, God's word is his word, and it's powerful, and it moves still and speaks. And there's some people who have never heard that or have never experienced the truth of what it really means. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is? Yeah, that that came to mind, too. Uh, John 3.16, that is. Um, I think when I try to boil down, like, gospel, I mean, good news, like, It is John 3.16, but <laughs> and maybe this is me trying to overcomplicate it. But I would almost like use different words in today's language. So simplifying it for today's language, um, it would be like, you are seen and known for who you are as you are. And you are loved there by a God who died for you because you're broken and he wants to heal you and he wants you to experience freedom in that healing and from that freedom that restores the relationship with him and again maybe that even more complicates it but like the idea of like being fully known and loved in that place i think is so critical because people are starving to be known Um, especially over the last two and a half years of people isolating and feeling lonely and depressed that like know right where you are just as you are you're loved Mm. you don't do anything but you're not just like loved because of your social media account like Mm. who you are at the depth of who you are is the person god loves Mm. um and so like the fact that you're loved there by a perfect god and invited into relationship and you have access to that because of the God that died for you on your behalf. Um, and I think that's maybe why we complicate things. Cause it's like, well, he, he died for us. Well, why do you have to die for me? Well, we're sin broken. Why are we sin broken? Well, at the beginning the you know, and it's just like, cause everything touches everything mm-hmm. else. Right. So I think that's how it, it kind of spirals, but yeah, that would probably be the way that I'd word it now. Mm. It's really beautiful. And I think also what you said is so crucial, right? When you say, for God so loved the world, it, it almost can feel like, oh, God's out there and he loved the world. And that's why, like, I think the personal relationship aspect is so important. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's we can't just receive love. You really have to know someone. Like, if you just walk by someone, they're like, I love you. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, I love you too. Like, don't know you. Okay. Um, but when you know somebody knows you and they say it, it just means something different. Yesterday, um, when I was putting Athelia to bed, I said something like, we want to adore you in our prayer to God, like I said that. Or I was singing a song about adore. And Athelia goes, what does adore mean? Hmm. And she goes, do we adore God? And I was like, yes. But it had me thinking, like, how do you explain adore differently than love? So she's like, so it's kind of like love. And I was like, yes, 
but different in mm. the sense that you can love everybody, but you don't adore everyone because you adore someone when you know them. Like, you know about, not just about them, like, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever said, oh, I adore them t- about, like, a, a movie star or a, a famous singer or whatever. Yeah. I say that about people that I have met and had interaction mm, with and yeah. I've seen parts of their character and I deeply love and appreciate them. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the the difference too is like God doesn't just like love us, he adores us and mm. he wants that kind of relationship back where we don't just accept the freedom but we actually like live in it and we experience an adoration of him because we know him. Um, because I think there's people who are like, yeah, cool. Say I'm saved, but they aren't really free. Yeah. They don't really live in freedom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and a part of living in that freedom of like accepting the love and the grace and this good gift, this good news is getting to know who God is like mm-hmm. actually having a relationship with him, which includes like reading his word, which is what I was talking to Athalia about. Like when she was yeah. like, is God's voice loud? I was like, actually, it's usually soft. Yeah. And you can hear it out loud, but you often hear it in your head, in your heart. And you begin to learn what it sounds like by like reading the word and was explaining it to her and already explaining to her, like when you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one that lives inside of you. He's the one that helps you Mm. to be calm when you don't want to be calm, kind when you don't feel like being kind, who tells you like, tell you probably shouldn't do that. Like that's him talking to you. That's his voice. Yeah. Um, and like already instilling that into her hmm. as a child, because the same spirit that lives in us lives in her. Yeah. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in a four-year-old. Amen. And like, that's powerful. And I think that mixed with like us learning to go backwards in a sense, right? Mm-hmm where we can meet in the middle is like the Holy spirit is the one that does all of this. The one that my prayer plea lately to the Holy spirit is change the way I think, because I can't, Mm, I, I can't on my own. I think so quickly about like not having messes control. Like it just comes out of me and I need him to change it. I need him to change the way I operate in faith and in trust and in believing his word and, and loving my neighbors and like expecting nothing in return in relationship and just, and he's doing it. Like I am a different person than I was three months ago. Um, but lately God's just been reminding me, like, I'm the one that does all of this. I put you where I want you, mm-hmm. but like, maybe you're here in this space just to pray for the people around you. Maybe you'll never actually have a relationship with them, but I have you here to intercede on their behalf while I work. Mm. Like, Oh yeah, it's not about me. He uses me. But the same is true even for Athalia and Hagen, like our children. I have a very intentional, intense part of their life, but God's bigger than me. So even yeah. the, the places where I mess up, like he can already speak to them because he, he lives inside of Athalia yeah. and he speaks to her. And I can like rest in that too, knowing like I don't have to do everything perfectly to help teach her how to stay simple. Like he will do that. Mm -hmm. And I can humbly accept and relate with her, letting her know like God's teaching me this too. Like, I'm not here to just like Lord this over you because I'm in control. Cause sometimes we have to say that, like you are not in control. (laughs) And she'll say, yes, I am. (laughs) Um, and honestly, like God as a parent has really been blowing my mind lately because 
I think of The Chosen, actually. If you haven't seen The Chosen, I think it's an amazing depiction of how things could look. But there's an episode of Jesus with the children, and this girl goes and, like, finds Jesus, doesn't know it's Jesus, but, like, starts playing with his stuff, and he welcomes her in. And then she brings, like, a horde of children back, and they, like, wake him up. And the, the scene is, like, the camera looking up at this, like, group of kids. It's waking Jesus up. As an adult, I would have been like, oh, don't wake him up. <laughs> kids don't care. Like, they don't care about offending him or, like, that he'll be irritated or anything. Um, and how I want to run to God with that same yeah. openness and freedom of, like, I don't have anything to hide. I'm loved right where I am as mm. I am. I'm adored there. Not just loved. Yeah. But he likes me. Yeah. He adores me. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the ucky parts of me, like he knows those are there too. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to like be afraid of offending him. Um, he took all that shame and guilt yeah. and died for it. So I don't have to bear it anymore. So anyway, I think it's, it's crazy to try to actually unwork my way out of those things mm-hmm. because I can't. Like, I literally have to start thinking a new way, not unworking. I think God will still speak to me through those things. But in the past, I've literally tried to unlearn Mm -hmm. versus just like instilling a new, this is the new thing. Yeah. Um, And literally only the Holy Spirit can do that in me. So um, having faith that he will is like a part of this. Yeah. I think it just boils down to like trust. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Because I think that's. That's one of the questions I'll ask students at times. It's like, do you, do you actually trust that God's going to do what he said he's mm-hmm. going to do? Because it seems like you're still fighting for yourself or fighting for whatever. Or back to what you were saying of like, I can't change the way I think. I mean, instantly I go to Romans 12 of like, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like um, asking God to transform. But do you trust that he will? Or do you think you have to figure mm-hmm. out a new way to think? on your own um are we just like a kid just trusting if i wake him up he won't be mad like it's not even a thought like you don't Mm -hmm. even it doesn't even cross your mind that he'll be mad you just trust that he wants to play with you because he wanted to play with you yesterday and like (laughs) um so what does it look like to to truly trust and to to let go of control to let go of fear to let go of um your identity i mean coming into relationship with jesus is an identity crisis of sorts like it is finding your true identity, but when you have put it in somewhere mm-hmm. in another place for so long, um, it is a crisis um, where you are reorienting your life. At least, hopefully, you are. You're supposed to. Um, so, what does it look like to, to just truly let go and, and trust mm-hmm. and live in a state of trust? Because um, that's the thing. Like you said at the beginning, with our kids, like they just they just trust us. They trust mm-hmm. that we're safe. We'll be here. We'll take care of them. We'll provide what they need. We'll play with them. Like, there's just a baseline of trust that I will wake up tomorrow. Mom and dad will be here. Yeah. So, and they trust it so much they don't even think about it. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. I have the passage going through my head, too, that talks about, like, knock and the door will be opened or just just keep asking. Mm. And how our kids do that, too. Sometimes to the point I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) Because, like, mom, mom 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 and how like i can just keep coming back again and again because the the posture of my heart really is to please the lord and he knows that so just asking in faith that he will do these things like new in me Hmm. and i interestingly 
feel like I'm in a, a new state of being able to see the difference between like saying you trust something and actually watching the way your life is lived and how that actually shows what you believe mm. and how we can be blind from what we say we trust to what's actually happening. And we need the people around us to speak into that. Yeah. Like we've only lived here three months and I've only met with my accountability partner like twice on our own. And we met the other day and she said something to me and I was like, how do you know that about me already? <laughs> but it's just, I'm blind to it. Sometimes I just think the way I think and yeah. I do things the way I do things. And like, wow, we like desperately need the people around us to be able to say, to us and we have to be able to receive what they have to say with like yeah you say you trust that but i don't know that you do because of these these things that i see you doing that you might think you trust but this is actually like a lack of trust when you're operating Mm -hmm. in this this way and like god wants to take that and make it a deep trust but i really i think everything boils down to trust like truly Like, do I trust that God will fulfill me or am I going to try to do that on my own, which ends up being Mm -hmm. idolatry and sin and right. Like me just trying to be the God of my own life. So I really think it all boils down to like, do I trust that God is who he says he is? And if I don't know what he says he is, then do I need to go do some research and like, well, who do you say that you are? Yeah. Um, but he also, he literally, he's alive and moving and breathing. Like he can just tell me that too. Right. Like, I don't have to do all the like perfect research and figure it all out on my own. Like he will literally talk to me. Um, and just the, yeah. Do I really believe that God will provide everything I need? Sometimes I don't like that because I want to have things that he might not want for me, but ultimately he'll provide what I need Yeah. and trusting him to do that. There's so much freedom and, Gosh, yeah, there's just so much freedom in that space. Mm-hmm. And I'm nowhere close to being like perfect at it. But watching him change my heart, even in generosity over the last few years, has been like a brand new freedom. Like, mm. oh, but I want to keep this money so I can have dot, 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 like control or safety. And when I actually give it back and do what he wants, like, there's such a freedom and a peace in that. Yeah. And like, God works in miraculous ways inside of us. And. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is all over the place, per the usual, in this podcast. Oh, this one feels a little more sporadic. But Sorry, everyone. we said that a couple times. Well, no, I mean, me too. <laughs> you know, this is definitely a verbally verbal processing platform for me. We're, in a complicated way, trying to simplify childlike faith. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, here's what it boils down to. Trust that God is who he says he is. Trust that he loves you. And trust that he will take care of you and move you into the future. I mean, we have to live in obedience, right? But that's part about being a child is you don't know everything. And so mm-hmm. you got to listen to your father whisper to you what's next. And then just obey. But we already see in our toddler, right? Like they throw fits. We're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to screw up. God knows that, but just obey. Well, he you gives will, you the power but... to obey. What? I said, well, you will, but oh, wow. I mean, I'm, pretty dang close to perfection over here (laughs) anyways uh anything else any last thoughts no i should really stop talking okay (laughs) (laughs) well Haley's done talking so i'm gonna close this out so thanks for joining us on the spiritual side note this week i'd say this week even though it's every other week this every other week um it's been great to be with y'all so i hope that you have 
a great week. And truly, like just whatever that looks like for you, for childlike faith, that you would just live in a state of surrender and letting go and ultimate trust in who God is. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.